Hey, this is Lauren Rudick, and you're listening to The People Podcast. Welcome to episode 31 of The People Podcast. This week, we're highlighting the story of Lauren Rudick, who is the owner and creator of Robot vs. Sloth. If you're not familiar with Robot vs. Sloth, you need to change that ASAP. Because Lauren's artwork collection is one of the best things I have ever come across. I first discovered Robot vs. Sloth on a recent trip to Seattle, and I am so glad I did. Because if not, where else was I going to get an awesome green t-shirt that features a sloth climbing the space needle? The answer is simple. Nowhere. If you're in Seattle, make sure you check out the store on 1535 First Street. And if you're not, don't worry, because you can shop online at robotvsloth.com. Nobody makes art like Lauren makes art, and that's why I wanted to have her on the show. So without further ado, let's hear about Robot vs. Sloth from the star of this week's episode, Lauren Rudeck. Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start with where you started, Lauren. I know that you opened up Robot vs. Sloth in 2018, but before all of that, when did you first fall in love with making art? Oh, man. Uh, probably my whole life I've been doing art. Um, and then with the, the shop in 2018, I had actually owned another shop before that in the market in 2012, um, which was only 600 square feet. Um, and we outgrew that space pretty quickly. And after six years, I moved up to the spot that I'm at now and then changed the name to Robot vs. Sloth. Yeah, so the initial store that you started in 2012, you mentioned it was a small shop, and it was called Ugly Baby and LaRue on the backside of the famous Pike Place Market. How did that shop come together? So I had a tiny art studio space just north of the market, and um, another artist was asking if there was any other available space in our art studio, and there wasn't. And I said, if we can find something that has a studio space in retail, we should jump on it. And then two days later, we found that spot in the market. And so the whole space is 600 square feet, but the bottom was 300 square feet, and the upper story was 300 square feet. And then so our upper floor was used as our studio we kind of opened it thinking it would be an art studio that we just occasionally sell art out of and we would be open very minimal hours because we were both working other full-time jobs at the time. Um, and then people kept complaining that we were never open. So we just opened more and more and actually then changed to like seven days a week and uh, had to start hiring on people. And uh, so we always joked that we were opening a pretend store and then it turned into a real store. That's so cool. Well, the demand was there, and it's great that people were into it, and you were able to expand on that. Now, taking it back a little bit, I read on your website that you moved to Seattle in 2006, but where were you before that, and what led you to the Pacific Northwest? Uh, so I was in New York. I went to grad school in Brooklyn at Pratt Institute. Um, my background's in architecture, so I have a master's and a bachelor's in architecture. Um, and so originally I moved out here for work. Um, and before New York, I was in Idaho and before Idaho in Colorado. And then before that I was in New York. So kind of all over. You mentioned that you were studying architecture. At what point did you kind of put that to the side and really start to focus on art? Um, 
Well, it's always been kind of a balance between the two. So when I first started to go to college, I didn't know what to go for. And so I started in business law. And my mom's like, you don't want to do that. You always want to do art. But artists don't make any money, so you should go into architecture. <laughs> so she kind of led me in that direction. And uh, my grandfather was also an architect, so I was kind of inspired to do that. But with architecture, you also take a lot of art. So my minor was art. Um, and then uh, it was always a balance between the two, doing a lot of art, doing a lot of architecture. Um, and then when I graduated, I started working in architecture. And then in 2008, when the economy crashed, my architecture work got cut to 20 hours a week. And so I started really focusing on my art and um, trying to figure out like how I could create stuff out of that. Um, and a friend's mom was doing an art show and she invited me to show my stuff at her booth. And um, that kind of kicked it all off. I started making just jewelry out of my illustrations and then kind of just went from there. Wow. So it, it all kind of ended up working out for you. That, that's really cool to hear. And I want to talk about now Robot versus Sloth, the awesome store that I came across when I was in Seattle recently. What's the story behind this amazing concept? <laughs> um, well, there are two things that I'm obsessed with. Uh, I love robots. And about 10 years ago, I went to Costa Rica and fell in love with sloths. Um, when I first moved to Seattle, in order to, like, discover the neighborhoods, I would draw robots on stickers and then just go, like, hang them up around neighborhoods as I explored the neighborhood. And, um, and then, like I said, I fell in love with sloths in Costa Rica at the Jaguar Rescue Center. Um, they rescue all sorts of animals, but they have quite a few sloths, too. Um, and so when I was opening up Robot vs. Sloth, I wanted to pick a name that people stopped and were like, what the heck is that? Um, and I thought it would be really funny to have them fighting each other. So, uh, yeah, that's Robot vs. Sloth, how that was born. It's funny to hear you say that because that's exactly what I thought as I crossed your store. I thought, what the heck is Robot versus Sloth? And I stumbled in and was amazed at all the cool stuff in there. You mentioned that you fell in love with Sloths after visiting the Jaguar Rescue Center in Costa Rica back in 2011. Now, sloths have to be one of the most interesting animals on Earth. The one I'm most familiar with is Sid from the popular Ice Age movies. But what mm -hmm. is it about these unique animals that stood out to you so much? I think their faces look so happy, no matter what they're doing. They just look like they kind of have a smile on their face. And, like, they just look cheerful. And so something about that is just so appealing. They're happy no matter what. I love that. And it's carried over into your brand, which highlights sloths, robots, and other cute animals that are doing human things, such as hiking, camping, or in the case of my t-shirt, climbing the Space Needle. Do you remember what the first art piece was for Robot versus Sloth and what the robot or sloth was doing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I guess the very first one would have to be when I was trying to figure out my logo. Um, I knew I wanted to use the robot that I had because I had used it on my previous business, Ugly Baby in the Room, and as like part of the logo. And so the sloth, I probably drew, I don't know, 20 different versions of sloths for the logo before I settled on this sneaky sloth, um, which just kind of popped into my head one day. Like I 
was getting kind of stuck drawing sloths. And then I thought it'd be funny to have it sneaking up. And I felt like that one worked the best. Um, so that was probably the first piece that I created for the store. And then right after I had decided that it was going to be the that sneaky sloth, I drew a giant robot and a giant sneaky sloth on our doors as we were like covering them up with paper. And that was kind of fun because I didn't put the name on it, but I just put those two characters and a lot of people were like, what is this going to be? So the store had previously been an umbrella store. And then before that, it was like a CD shop. I think it was a nice change to the First Avenue. Definitely. And you talked about uh, you initially had 20 different variations of that sloth you were drawing. And I'm curious, as an artist, how do you determine when a piece is done or, you know, when you want to keep adding to it? Hmm. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's more like a feeling. Like it just feels right. Um, and sometimes I'll end up redrawing something over and over and over just until it finally feels like it fits. Um, yeah, I guess it's just a feeling. Okay, and then at Robot vs. Sloth, you don't just showcase your artwork. You showcase artwork from other local and non-local artists. How long have you been doing that, and how do you go about picking which artists to showcase? So when we first started, uh, when I first found out I got the shop, um, it's much larger than my older shop, and so I had to figure out how I was going to fill it up. Um, and so I invited a lot of my artist friends to come show their work in the store. And so we started with 11 artists um, and then grew it. Right now we've been open four years and now we have 40 artists. Um, and I've, I found some of those artists through Instagram. We also have um, an artist application on our website that people will send me their work through. And a lot of times I pick them just based off of um, like how much I want their, their artwork in my house and uh, how cute I think it is. And, um, and so it all kind of matches each other, even though everyone has very distinct styles. It's all kind of cute and something that makes people smile. I want people to come in and like discover artists and have a wide range of like affordability so everyone could leave with something, but also leave with like a smile on their face because of something cute or funny that they saw in the store. I think that's really cool that you're able to put other artists on after you've been able to build a successful brand yourself. And another thing that you're doing is I saw on the website that Robot vs. Sloth also offers classes. What can people learn when they sign up for a class? So we haven't done it in a while since the COVID, um, but pre-COVID, we did a few different um, classes. Uh, I make cross-stitch kits out of my design, so I taught a few cross-stitch classes where I show them how to stitch up a robot. Um, we also did one with the street artist Starhead Boy, and he taught everyone how to um, carve linoleum blocks and then do screen printing. Um, and... We had another one where we worked with Mayhem Here Art, who's a, also a local artist. She has a shop on the third floor of the market. Um, and we did some painting kits of hers, or like watercolor kits. I would love to get back in the classes. Um, it probably won't be for another year or two until things calm down with COVID. 
That's awesome. I love that you are cultivating artwork at every corner of your store. And Lauren, you've been working on your artwork for many years now, and I'm sure you are proud of a lot of things. But after all these years, is there a project that stands out to you the most? Well, I have one that is in the works that I feel really proud about. Does that count? If it hasn't been completed yet, but it's happening. Absolutely. That counts, yeah. Okay, so I'm working on a 20-foot-long mural that's going to be 20 feet long and 4 feet high for the Pike Place Market um, Daycare, uh, the Child Care and Daycare. It's on the back side of the market. Um, they have a playground on Western Avenue, and they're going to be remodeling it after, I think they've had the same playground for, I want to say, 30 years. And so they're going to be updating it and I'll be doing a mural that people can see on the outside, but the kids can see on the inside as well. Um, and it is basically a whole cityscape. Of, it's market inspired. It's not directly from the market, but it has buildings similar to what you would see in the market. And then just tons and tons of animals and different characters doing things that you see in everyday life in the market, like buying produce, uh, riding a bike, uh, getting some flowers. So the kids can look at it every day and find something different on it. That sounds really cool. And I'm excited to check that out next time I'm in Seattle. Hopefully it's finished by then and I can take a look. Lauren, I have one last yeah. question for you. You have done so much with your amazing brand, but when you look out at the horizon, what's next for Robot versus Sloth? I have three books that I'm working on and I would really love to publish them. Um, my dream is to get published through Chronicle and I haven't reached out to them yet but that would it would be my ultimate dream for the store um and i would also eventually like to open a couple other stores through seattle um under the same robot versus sloth brand but um you know being in downtown we get a lot of tourists and we get some locals that i would love to be more in some of the more local neighborhoods like for instance magnolia um i think would be a really cool one or fremont Awesome. Well, I am rooting for you and your artwork, Lauren, and I want to say thank you so much for joining the show. This was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed hearing about your story, the Robot versus Sloth story, and I hope we can reconnect sometime down the road. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. What a fun chat with Lauren Rudek. When it comes to creative, unique content, it is tough to top Robot vs. Sloth. So I'm really thankful that Lauren was able to join the show and share her story. Again, if you're in Seattle, be sure to visit the Robot vs. Sloth store on 1535 1st Street. And if you're not in Seattle, take a look online at robotvsloth.com. I guarantee that you will find something there that speaks to you. Thanks as always for listening to another installment of the People Podcast. With episode 31 in the books, I'm going to get started on episode 32. So I'll talk to you all next Wednesday.